Welcome back, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is Thursday, which means it's time to get into discussions. Uh, we're going to have a good time here. James is on vacation. He is on Hoth, working on his tan. Uh, he'll be back on Monday, so a uh, well-deserved break for James. We miss you, buddy, uh, but he'll be back soon. Lacey with me, as always. Lacey, how are you? Good. I'm really excited for the discussion today, which I'm sure Lacey, everybody knows. We We're just buddies. get the elephant in the room. We did not Couple plan this. Couple of buddies and matching yeah. shirts. Matching shirts. Brought that back. Um, right. Uh, and our guest is a comedian, writer, editor, and uh, more importantly to me, my teammate on the dungeon in the movie Trivia Schmodown. I will guarantee that after listening or watching this podcast... You may be a bigger fan of Star Wars just because of hearing this guy talk about how much he loves Star Wars. He's known as the fan favorite, Mr. Adam Witt. Adam, welcome to the Resistance, buddy. Hello. Thank you for having me here. This is, uh, yeah. uh, and apparently your policy of only having people on uh, to, to co-host from Dayton, Ohio. So I'm glad you've stayed consistent with that. <laughs> Are you from Dayton? <laughs> I am. I am. Oh I, I noticed that. I watched a video earlier to, to kind of see some of the format stuff. That's and I was amazing. Like, oh, he's from Dayton, Ohio. It's crazy. That, In fact, this is, is my, this is uh, from, uh, uh, this This is a, a parody shirt from the Kettering Sports Grill. <laughs> Kettering that Ohio, is amazing. Is a, Suburb. Oh wow! Okay, Kettering. Kettering's a suburb of Dayton. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, James is. Yeah, James is from Dayton. A lot. It's funny. So many people. Way more people from Ohio than I've been able to understand. Yeah. yeah it's it's <laughs> it's got quite the quite the population and quite the variety of types. You know, the Southwest Ohio is a whole different thing from Cleveland. Is a whole different thing from you know Eastern Ohio over near uh, Pennsylvania and stuff. So it's a yeah. It's a lot of there's a lot of Ohio in Ohio. A lot of Ohio, yeah. Uh, I went. I visited a buddy out there uh, about ten years ago. We went to Cedar Point, and it was just like amazing. Very nice, Sandusky. So cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so Adam, you uh, had your season debut in the Schmodown yesterday. Um, you you faced off against uh, Thomas Harper, and boy, dude, you brought it, man. You want to talk about it? Get, yeah, get well, into I, it a little I, bit. I, I forgot. This is the, you. You guys have the exclusive first interview of me post match. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched yet. We might re reveal some things, and you definitely want to watch the match. It's, oh, it's it, so good. It was a battle. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not afraid to face anybody. If they want to hand me, on paper, the hardest guy besides Alex Damon, like in terms of drafts, height and everything i i know you're not scared lacy but <laughs> but uh it's but, to be afraid of your own teammate <laughs> <laughs> that's true you're probably not gonna have to face him uh, mm -mm. likely but uh yeah it's uh, i thought that was cool they asked me if i wanted to play him and they're like well you know it's, it's gonna be a difficult opponent but i'm like you're not gonna get better press than that you're not gonna you know i i, I nobody seems to care if i win i i got all the clips from my loss to Sean, we're about me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, so I'm like, I, I'm not afraid to, to take a hit here. And Hey, I mean, nobody knew how well, how good he was or not. We know he went first in the draft. We know he's got a legendary uh, reputation, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe he sucks at a lot of stuff I'm great at in, in star Wars. And uh, right. you know, he doesn't suck at much. I'll tell you that. But right. <laughs> it was but, a close match though. It was. I was very excited about that. I mean, think about this. I missed two one-point questions. Just one-point questions. Now, now, when you walk away from a match and you go, oh, I only missed two one-point questions, how will I rectify this in my studies? I mean, that's 
That's right. It's easy. <laughs> right. It's the, oh, I've missed, I missed my three and my five. And it's like, oh my God, I really got to study Star Wars. No, I missed my ones. That's like, I don't know. It's, that's the sort of stuff just goes by you. But two one point questions away from tying him and going to overtime. That guy, number one draft pick. I'm not afraid. Can't wait to meet him again. I hope I meet him in the, the tournament. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. You brought it and you took him to the wire and it just so happened uh, he got uh, five that he knew. Otherwise, you win, and that's that's the. Uh, you, uh, you, I've come to notice with a lot of this stuff, it's been coming down to these fives. Yeah, and I and I'm, I, you know, I don't think I've missed a five. Oh, I missed a five against Molly, but I didn't. Well, you're Mister Five, dude. You're Mister Five. Studying, you're Mister Five. I love my fives. You know me. You've studied with me. I, I love <laughs> a love five point five. question. I love a weird name guy. You I love, love a the guy in the question. background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so um so yeah i was very proud of that match and i gotta say I, with the exception of the score i've won every one of my matches because the the, <laughs> the press and people enjoy me and this is how i've become a fan favorite a self-appointed fan favorite, fan favorite. right um, self-appointed yeah. fan favorite <laughs> it, well, it, it holds though it holds it holds but sure. uh but you know after the match all christian talked about was me <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, congratulations, you Thomas, you won. And I'm I, once again, you know, it's, it must be must be my force power is to just make myself <laughs> the center of attention. That's being an only child. Maybe that's the power. <laughs> uh, you know, Adam, it's like, you know, Undertaker, Mankind. Nobody talked about Undertaker. They talked about Mankind, and he's the one who went through the table. There you go. I think you, you crystallized <laughs> it perfectly. There's more okay, to a match so. than winning. There's more to a match yeah. than winning, you know? I try and right, come in and... Right. Make myself memorable. That's, that's, I mean, and, frankly, that's how I got through grade school and high school. Like I would go, <laughs> I would turn all of my B pluses to A's or, or C pluses to A's because of just participation in the room. Like, you know, the teachers are like, Hey, he doesn't know the, the topic, but he's, he's entertaining and he's always engaging and making people, you know, question stuff. So yeah, I was, I was the class clown, but I was a class clown that got pretty decent grades because I participation points. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah. And you know, that part that that aside like i said you were set up you did what you had to do to win that match so great job and uh uh you've you were certainly you. integral in, in in me training for my match which i won this past friday so thank you for that Congratulations. and uh, it, it thank you and it's been awesome uh honored to be your teammate and now we get to podcast and talk star wars together so i mean and, and how fun is that like we go on zooms privately and just talk about star wars and then we come yeah. here and do a show and talk about star wars yeah you know, eventually yeah. in my podcast harrison ford is going to get to star wars and i'll get to talk about that on mine <laughs> yeah and it's funny it's funny because i was talking to lacy and we were like we got to get somebody in for we didn't have to her and lacy and i we could have done the show but uh she like after talking to you and paul she was like i love adam witt and I was like, all right, let's let's get Adam on the show. And, 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 hey, I so. love this. This is great. I mean, you guys have a legendary show. You have a legendary panel. I'm in a legendary box right here. So <laughs> legendary box. Thank right you. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me on. And, and and as I said before the show, but I'll reiterate it now. Uh after Phantom Menace, before Phantom Menace, Star Wars was like a, a, a kind of a code between friends. Like I wore a Boba Fett t-shirt to my first class at Second City and made a lifelong friend that day because you didn't see a lot of Star Wars shirts at that time. This is before the Phantom Menace came out. You know, there was this kind of down phase. And so, you know, 
make a lot of friends with Star Wars, but once the Star Wars resurged, which was very joyous for me, my goodness, I had new Star Wars movies to go see in the theater and obsess and buy new action figures and stuff. I couldn't believe when I was buying an action figure in a store. I'd forgotten that. When Phantom Menace was coming out, I was like, oh my God, I've been insane for an entire year. And then one night I'm walking to work, I had a night job, and I saw this line of people in downtown Chicago. I'm like, people aren't out at 10 at night in downtown Chicago or 11 at night. And it was for the toys. And I was like, and it, it had not right. even occurred to me like, oh yeah, there's going to be new toys. And right. I just got in line yeah. before I went to work that night. I went to work with oh, this like, that's amazing. Star Wars action figures. Was, that's amazing. That's a, yeah. And story. they went, they went big with the episode one toys. I remember that. Yeah. And there was videos of like Leonardo DiCaprio camping yeah. outside of a Toys R Us. Like it yeah. was wild. Yeah. It was absolutely wild. Because that's um, one of the things, you know, Star Wars is back, but when Star Wars is back, all the elements are back, you know? Yes, everything. All the obscure and, characters in the background that get action figures or books or whatever. It's Yeah, yeah without a doubt. Um, uh, so before we get into, we have our, we're, we're doing one with the Force this week. Uh, we have a lot of uh, fun topics for that. Oh, before what a we do that, I am one with the Force. You are one <laughs> with the Force, and the Force is with you. Um, also with you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, were you raised Catholic? Because I was. I always no, but I just say that. I just think that's funny. <laughs> I do too. Um, so we have Make Solo Two Happen Day is going to be on May twenty yeah. fourth this year. It's going to be on Monday, Ooh. May twenty fourth. Uh, all you have to do is show up that day online. Use the hashtag Make Solo Two Happen if you want to see more adventures of Han and Chewie. And on- you do. And you do on Disney Plus or a movie, whatever. They set up the end of that movie so perfectly for there to be more stories to be told. One thing we ask for our listeners out there, if you want to participate, we're putting together a pretty special video. Just uh, do us a favor and film 10 to 15 seconds of you, ideally in widescreen, turn your phone sideways, uh, of you bringing your family, bringing your friends, your pets, your toys, like Adam said, your action figures, your makes a little two happen stuff, whatever. 10 to 15 seconds why you would love to see more Han and Chewie adventures on Disney Plus or a movie and send that to us at resistancebroadcast at gmail.com by May, what did we say? May 13th? 13th, yep. May 13th around 5 p.m. It's going to be the cutoff. Uh, just in the subject, just put Make Solo 2 Happen Day video and your name and uh, send that to us and we'll make you a part of that special day. And more importantly, that day itself, hop online on social media, use the hashtag makes it to happen. Let's make it the number one trending topic in the world for the third time. And hopefully the last time. And, and by the way, and uh, let me just say here, you guys are doing very important work here. This is, this is a very important thing to make happen. And so to the audience members, <laughs> like look at the work these, these guys have put in on this. And it's a very important thing to make happen. Solo 2 does need to happen. This is really cool that you guys have, have started this campaign. because. Oh, thanks, Adam. And, and here's the here's the spoiler alert, though, because I've realized over the last few years, everything I want happens. Every Marvel <laughs> thing has happened. Every Star Wars thing has happened. They made a Solo to begin with. So I get whatever right. I want, and I want Solo 2. It is going to happen, and this is going to be the final push. All right. I like that. Will Imagine if the number one trend universe. that day is oh. that they're making it happen. Like Lucasfilm oh. is real. <laughs> Could you imagine? Because, they, because they're tired of us uh, doing it. They're yeah. like, okay. Um, yeah. yeah now, so what's going on right now is in the back studios, there, there's, there's a board of all kinds of Solo 2 art, but it's getting covered over with other stuff. It's been the back of the room or whatever. They know that they want to restart discussions on Solo 2. This is what will get him to pull that table out of the corner and get him to stare at that art and go, let's, let's do it. Let's do it guys. 
Dude, Adam, thank you for the support and actually the kind words and the forceful message. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody, mix a little to happen. Let's do it. May 24th, Monday. Yeah. Use the hashtag. Let's do it. Let's have we once fun. Did a, did a question here on the podcast of like you could bring two people into the room to argue for make souls to happen i guess adam's got to be the person now He's i'll telethon that stuff be, man i'll yeah. telethon this let's go come <laughs> yeah. on people let's do an all-day telethon for number He's of hashtags <laughs> by the running number at the bottom come on give us last a call last year last year we were able to have a pre-recorded interview that we put out the day of we did make Souls to happen day and it was with Jonas suotomo who plays yes. chewbacca and he said, keep the flame going. So we are going to do just that, and hopefully it happens. This stuff but matters. This stuff makes it happen. It does. It does. Because you need more chewy in your life. Everyone needs more chewy in your life, and that's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Um, all right. If they're, they're going to make a Snyder Cut, if they're going to put all that into a Snyder Cut, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm glad oh, they made a great Justice League movie. That That's that's wonderful, but, you know. Sure. And and honestly, the whole solo thing, you know, we talk about this all the time in the podcast, but now that you're here, we'll talk about it with you. You know, the end of that movie, just put on a platter, go tell all these adventures now. Okay. Now, and here's the job a puppet. And here's the thing. You, you, I, I heard you say that earlier in the show, and I wanted to comment then. Because the, your job, if you're making a Star Wars movie, is to make it that it's the fourth of any series or it's the middle of any series. Like the idea of the, the serialized storytelling is one of the many notes on the Star Wars piano. And Solo plays all of them. It's got all the background characters that could be their own movie. It's got Darth Maul. It's got all this stuff. It's that's it's it's not just that Solo sets up a Solo two. It's that all Star Wars movies set up the next movie, and that right. Solo two or Solo was such a perfect Star Wars movie on all those levels. But number one is that it it sets sets the scene for a lot more. It can't yeah. be an episode five without episode four. It sets everything up. Right. Absolutely. So hopefully we do get to make that happen. But now it is time to answer some, I don't know if they're tough questions, but they're good ones. Uh, in one with the force, Lacey, you got the reins this week. So let's do it. Force is with me. And I'm one with the force. All right, guys, time for one with the force. Uh, so how this works is we ask a somewhat difficult question and you can only give one answer. So starting with the first question is, what is the one Star Wars movie you could show somebody who had never seen Star Wars to show them that Star Wars is, in addition to many things, a very funny franchise? I'm going to start with Adam. Adam, what one movie would you show? I mean, the uh, there, there's probably two choices, but um, I have a feeling the humor of Return of the Jedi is a little more dependent upon knowing those characters and going, oh, that's such a Han move, or that's such a, that's such a, a uh, you know, Chewbacca move, or such a C-3PO thing to say. Um, but I, Solo is the funniest Star Wars movie. Is it not the funniest <laughs> Star Wars movie? I mean, it, I, it is jam-packed with humor because Han is a funny character. It's a, Han is just, he's always in the wrong situation. He's always in over his head. I, there was one night, I've seen Solo, you know, obviously 20 or 30 times or whatever, you know, whatever, the, whatever the going rate for a movie that's uh, a Star Wars movie. That's only that, that old, <laughs> <clears throat> the, uh, and, and there's so many funny moments in that, that, that I will get caught by surprise, forgetting that a funny line is coming up because I've never considered it as funny. 
the line when Han walks out of the meeting with Dryden Voss, where he is again in over his head, trying to, you know, whatever. Uh, and then they're, they're tasked with going to, uh, to make the, to Kessel and, and this impossible task or whatever. And he walks out and he goes, well, I think that went pretty well. <laughs> and I just laughed out loud one night. I've never found that that funny, but that's a hilarious line. And it's right. very Han Solo. It's all character based lines. Yeah, and, and Tobias Beckett. Uh, somebody pointed out the line "mouthy scooch" the other night. I think John, we were doing a training for Star Wars, and you you, you asked me the question, "Who does uh, who calls Han a mouthy scooch?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I forgot that line's in there. That's a hilarious line." Yeah, man. Yeah. John, like, what do, what do you think? I, I not to 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 make this you know boring or, or repetitive. I uh, my solo is my pick too. Like um, a rational on a Kalak, man. That's that answer I, right there. I was just, dude, that's the part because like the Kessel run is action packed, but it's also hilarious because yeah. you have Han saying, Beckett, are they honest? And he goes through two rounds of metaphors and Han just goes, are they or aren't are they? Are they or aren't they? <laughs> and how many times are you driving somewhere and you're asking the person next to you, like, do I have to turn left or right? And they're like, just fumbling. And you're like, do I have to go or not? Go, like, I got to know now. <laughs> it's just, it, it, and, and Johan and Chewie are very in the pocket in this movie. Like, oh, uh, oh, shut up. Like, oh, what do you know? And, you know, all that stuff. And, and, and it's right. all to me the because scene. of the shower the, scene. We couldn't do yeah, it couldn't, separately. One at, one at a time. <laughs> yeah. Separately. Uh, yeah, and and the whole aspect of the fact that um, you know Larry Kasdan is is writing this thing, and he knows how to write Han Solo better than anybody, and you could feel you could feel his writing come through. And yeah. uh, to me, uh, I laugh all the time watching Solo. And it, it, a lot of people just say it's a romp; it's a deeper movie to me than that people give it credit for. But its humor is loaded. So that's my pick, Solo. Yeah. I'm going to continue the boring and say Solo Star Wars <sighs> three for three. It okay. is a movie where in the theater, I remember laughing out loud at some of the parts like where he meets Chewbacca and he's talking in Shri Wook and like the subtitles are like garbled, like big stick hit you, <laughs> like just like stuff like that. And then uh, the part that always makes me laugh is he's like, well, we got a pilot. And he like points at himself is like one of the funniest parts of that movie. And I laugh every time. So it's I'm so going to be boring. Solo. Yeah, so yeah. Han Solo. That's the thing. All those jokes come from character. Like those characters are so sharply drawn. Obviously, we know Han's predilections, and that's the that's the tough mountain to climb for that movie. Is you've got to put Han Solo on screen, and you know Harrison Ford is the last person to put Han Solo on screen. This is like trying to recast Christopher Reeve. You know, right. so you don't. You just get Henry Cavill, who's awesome. You know, right. he's not, <laughs> nobody agree. goes, oh, he's the next Christopher Reeve. We go, no, no, no. You can't replace Christopher Reeve. And Henry Cavill's awesome. Same thing here. You can't replace Harrison Ford, but Alden Ehrenreich has his own take, and it's all the words that people for, forget, you know, forget trying to imitate Harrison Ford. Although, aside from the voice, the bodily motions, all that stuff, underrated for how much he captures Han Solo. Um, but the finger absolutely. point. <laughs> right, right, the finger point. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? And here's what's so funny about Solo. We just went on for 10 minutes talking about all these funny moments in Solo. 
and we haven't even mentioned Lando Calrissian, the king of, of the humor in that movie, or L3, the queen of the humor of that movie, or yeah. I am Oxana Florin, the deputy <laughs> assistant uh, to the vice president of the trade route allocation and monetization. Like, stuff like that is a really funny line, you know? Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, all right, three for three. Yeah. All right, up next we have who is the last... Who is the last non-force using Star Wars character you would want to encounter in a dark alley? I'm going to start with John. John, who would be the last person? Non-force. Um this is this is a tough one for me, but I think the Mandalorian season 2 changed everything for me and I'm going to say Boba Fett. But I wouldn't have said Boba Fett if it wasn't for Fett Demption in the Mandalorian season 2. Because seeing what he did to those guys out in that desert. That uh, was and, brutal. That was total Robert Rodriguez right there. That was like all he, him. And, and all his that. all his little weapons and stuff. Like he he has like the predator thing on his hand where he can <laughs> and do some like shoot a rocket at me. Like I, I I never thought I would ever say this, but Boba Fett, I think, is my answer now, right now. Uh, nice. I, I, I'm, Adam? I'm I'm shocked. I have to say, as a as a kid who grew up with Star Wars, that you know Boba Fett. This is a crazy thing that Star Wars did in, in the two years between uh, or three years between Star Wars and Empire. They released if you send in your proof of purchase. Uh, uh, for the Star Wars action figures, you got a Boba Fett action oh, figure. Right. And you got to play with Boba Fett for a year and a half before that movie even came out. So <laughs> Boba Fett was the jam. And people often say like, I don't get what the deal with Boba Fett is. He's like in two minutes of the movie. Um, uh, my yes. whole thing is the chump death. He dies a chump's death. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was disappointing. That was disappointing. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame George Lucas for not realizing like, oh, everybody loves Boba Fett. And he's like, give me something thing for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, yes, he dies a chump death. Um, but uh, but the redemption, but but because of the chump death, and also because I've missed Boba Fett for many years mm-hmm. uh, as an owner of many Boba Fett action figures and toys and talking toys and things like that, because he's just always been my favorite. Because you got to obsess on him for a year, and you got to even watch him. On TV, national TV, Star Wars was on national TV with a Boba Fett cartoon a year before Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Anyway, so the but the Boba Fett appearance in uh, in The Mandalorian was someone very much like myself who's like, we've never seen him fully kick ass and he's oh. and i love it he's got all these rockets and things on we never seem to use any of that we never see, we, the knee rockets were the big thing the knee rockets he's the always knee had rocket. knee rockets never used the knee rockets that that right. was that that was that was much like when han solo picks up the bowcaster which had never been used in the original <laughs> prequel or original trilogy and uses it and then he goes oh i like this thing well he's making a reference to for us the audience of like yeah we finally get to see that damn cool looking weapon used but again right. that's the depth and thickness of the star wars universe that chewbacca has the coolest weapon ever invented and never shoots it yeah. <laughs> so is yours also boba fett dark alley uh, no it is not <clears throat> when when, when I, you posed this question uh you sent me this question ahead of time I took the dark alley literally. Like, what would you not want to run it? Like, you're just walking, you're just going out, and it's like, oh, I need to get some milk or whatever at the store. And you know what? I'm going to take this alley home. What would you not <laughs> want to run into in that alley? Yes, right. Now, Boba Fett, 
obviously, you know, uh, that that would be something to run into. You kind of go, oh, that's kind of weird. But I think running into Grumgar from uh, Moscanata's <laughs> castle would be frightening. He's the big guy dressed like yeah. Bosk. Who's, with Zine Natal. Zine Natal. If, if I were walking down an alley and, you know, I mean, forgetting, you know, like how badass Boba Fett is or whatever, just running into Grumgar, I'd be like, I'm going to... I'm going to exit the alley. Actually, I'm going to go back the way I came in. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with his skills. To, I have no idea. You wouldn't be able to walk. You wouldn't be able to fit to walk by him. Is that's, that the angle there? Well, that's part of it, but I, I wouldn't want to have to get that close in order to try and chance it. <laughs> yeah. If I ran into Grumgar, uh, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm running, I'm running the other direction. I don't, and he doesn't even have to have the force. He could have the force for all I care, but look at that guy. I got to get out of here. <laughs> he is Grumgar. very bad looking. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with kind of an obvious answer, which is Cassian Andor, because the only alley we've ever seen him in, he shoots someone. Right. So, oh, that's a right. great answer. That's a so, great yeah. answer. I'm going to pick Cassian because... In the back. Even if, yeah, it's one of those things that even if I had nothing to do with him, if I got him attention, like from a stormtrooper or something, or ran into, into him at the wrong time, he'd kill me. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to go with Cassian. That's a that's yeah. a really good answer. And that's perfectly yeah. from the information we have in Rogue One. That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a great. He kills a guy in an alley. Ah. Yeah. And then he climbs away. <laughs> climbs away. Oh, All right. Man. Next we have, you, you need to get to the unknown region safely, but don't know how to fly. You need a pilot. The problem is Han Solo is I not around. What Star Wars pilot besides Han Solo would you hire to get you safely to the unknown regions? Mm. Adam, who would you, what, what pilot would you have? I have an obsession with background characters. <clears throat> and I don't know who is the pilot of the ship, but it's either uh, Sedan Ethano, the Crimson Corsair, or Quiggled. <laughs> I don't know which one's the pilot, but I want on that ship with those two guys. Because... Talk about a classic Star Wars move, a, a total Boba Fett move. Those guys are on screen for a minute, maybe, uh, if, if you include the appearance of uh, the Crimson Corsair later in Rise of Skywalker. Maybe you get to a minute of screen right. time. But that character speaks volumes. It's just like Boba Fett, even if you didn't have the action figure. Just look at that guy, the dents mm. and this and that. And you're like, that guy's got a whole story. The Sedanathana, the Crimson Corsair. Uh, I love that character, and I'm just like, when I saw him, I'm like, oh my god, that's such a great character. So I would want to go on that ship. I would want to go with those guys, because they look like they have all kinds of adventures and stuff. Like, okay. they, they just look like they travel the galaxy yep. and have all kinds of adventure and help people and, you know, and, and do stuff for the fun and profit and, you know, that sort of thing. What if survivors choose the pilot? Clearly, clearly by the, the, the battle damage, they're survivors. So yeah. You got that yeah. going for them, too. Yeah. And I like John? that those two are a pair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. John, who would you pick? I'm going to pick the guy who did it twice with two different vehicles, one of which probably shouldn't have been able to do it. Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised by that answer. How did he fly an Imperial Empire standard-grade TIE fire fighter and get to Exegol. He did it. So the guy knows what he's doing. He's a great pilot. We've seen his skills in The Last Jedi. Uh, he's Han Solo's kid. Uh, he's he's, he's a Force-sensitive Skywalker. They're good pilots. And uh, I don't know. He, he did it twice, so that's enough for me. Um, now, I don't know. You know, we I may have to you know keep my mouth shut so I survived the flight, but uh, I I think he'd get me there. So I'm going to go with uh, the Supreme Leader, Kylo Ren. Long live the Supreme Leader. Long that live is, the Supreme Leader. That is a great leader. answer. A surprising answer. That's a I good didn't one. think you were going to say that. You you know, hold on. 
you know I've I was a big Kylo Ren fan for. I'm not a very saying long that time. you weren't. I just thought you would have picked okay. Chewie. That was my assumption. Is that I, you I mean I do Chewy. love Chewie. I do love Chewie. We probably get stop at too many cantinas. I love how you're immediately like I like Kylo Ren. I was like I just thought you were gonna say <laughs> Han Solo's buddy. <laughs> um, uh, I would pick Poe Dameron. He's the best pilot in the resistance we see him do light speed skipping in rise of skywalker so he could get me out of really crazy situations if he needed to he was obviously a spice runner so he's got that kind of han solo vibe um yep. and as finn said in the force awakens that's one hell of a pilot that's so one hell of a pilot i'm going yes. with poe dameron yeah you can't All go right. wrong with that pick. no so i mean good. we see him do so many good i mean for all and the he comes with bb8 yeah, he comes with bb8 right <laughs> For all the good pilots in the uh, in the original trilogy, they really doubled down on how good a pilot Poe is. And I love that we already know he's a good pilot, and, 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 but when he takes down, I think it's like 11 uh, TIE fighters in a row when he's doing it right before yep. Finn says, that's one hell of a pilot. It's just such a beautiful acrobatics of like, wow, he's really good. And then he shoots guys on the ground and another guy in the sky. And, and of course, you know, it's the resistance that moment. You just want to stand up and cheer for Poe and 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 the uh, the squadron. Oh, so that good. moment of them coming over the water. I remember oh. in the teaser at Celebration oh, 2015 man. when they wow. played that. People lost. I lost it, but like everyone in the room lost it because you had never seen that before, where they're flying over the water. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Our last question is. Uh, this question is inspired by Adam's love for character names in Star Wars. What Star Wars character name brings you the most joy to say? <laughs> Adam, let's let's start with you. I wrote down a couple. Thank you for asking me this because yes, uh, John has trained with me, and I will I will tangent. This is probably why I don't win matches. Is uh, is uh, you know I, I will I will tangent into you know these five point names just because I love these names. Now um, here's a couple names you just can't beat. <clears throat> Arvel Kernid. <laughs> this is this is uh, Green Leader. Right, he's the one that crashes into the Star Destroyer, and right, and Arvel Krennid is the reason that uh, Ray and Kylo can even fight on the Death the the, 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 uh, <laughs> the Death Star. That thing crashes into the Death Star. Well, not really. I, obviously, they blew them. I love Arvel Krennid. Tensigo Weems. That's a fun name to say. Who does? <laughs> have you ever now? And again, I will roll these names around in my head all day. I'll just be saying these names all day because it's just so fun to say. Have you guys gotten the name Tensigo Weems stuck in your head? I now I do. Now, now I will. Tensigo Weems, for anybody who doesn't know and who watching this would not know, uh, is the uh, the guy that runs up to, uh, that gets the transmission that they are uh, invading uh, Scarif, right? That the, that's the communications guy. He's the guy that throws down the headset and yes. he runs up and he's yep. like. Oh, right, 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 right. That's Tensigo Weems. With a mustache. Does he have yeah. a mustache? Yeah. He feels like he has a mustache. I'm not sure if he does. <laughs> I think he does. Because I remember just having like a very the... 70s look to him. I th No, you're thinking of uh, uh, Merrick has that, the... Merrick does. Yeah. I think this guy does too, but I might be wrong. That's another fun name. Antok Merrick. And it's not yeah. even a weird name, but it's a fun mm. name. Um, the uh, Minister of Art for, uh, for uh, um, uh, wherever Padme's from. What is that? Naboo? The guy that sits, like, I think to her right in that little circle that they're in mm -hmm. uh, is mm -hmm. Graf Zappolo. <laughs> Graf Zappolo is a fun name to say. Isn't that a great name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the guy in, um, and, and I'll leave, 
well, I've, there's there's two names I'm leaving off here that uh, I'll let I'll let you guys perhaps uh, uh, include because I don't think I've covered any that you might co- you might say right. Um, the other one is the guy with the gigantic head in Watto's box in the Phantom Menace. His name is Graxel Kelvin. <laughs> Graxel Kelvin. And there's uh, two names I haven't said here, but I'm gonna save those because they're 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 very there's some very popular weird names that are fun to say as well. What are yours? Go ahead, John. Wow. I mean, I I'm not going as deep cut there. I mean, I do How like. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do like. How dare I? Um, I do like the occasional deep cut, but if I had to pick one that just brings me joy, um, is basically just because he has a middle initial for no reason, and it's Salacious B Crumb. Right, Salacious B Crumb. I just every anytime I see his name and uh, I get joy out of the character in general and I the know. fact that it's a great name. He, he has a middle name for whatever reason and he wants people to know that he has one but he doesn't want them to necessarily say the full middle name it's Salacious yeah. B Crumb salacious that's how he signs his checks right that's um, how he signs his checks because there's I, another Salacious Crumb around there's you? another Salacious <laughs> Crumb you don't want to get mixed up so you want to be that court jester. Um, so I got to go with Salacious B. Crumb as the one that brings the most joy to my face. Also, just the, the character in general, too. Yeah. So I, and and the speaking of which, uh, you know J- Jabba's full name? It's a very fun name as well. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah I, I always forget it. Jabba Desilogic Cure. Yeah. It's <laughs> fun to say. Desilogic. <laughs> Size noodles also a fun name. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I can go on all night. <laughs> oh, that whole band. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was gonna default to Droopy McCool because that's oh, my five pointer that yeah. I got correct. Right. Good that job on that. Right. That was awesome. Um, but I think I don't know if this really counts, but it's like the name of a group that I can't not laugh when I hear it, which is Kanja Club. Kanja Club. Because they say it so many times. They're like, well, tell that to Kanja Club. Tell that to Kanja Club. I like Tasu Leech. That's good. Balatik is good. That whole scene, and I think it has to do with Harrison Ford and the grumpy way he's like, well, that's not possible. And he's like, well, tell that to Kanja Club. Tell that to Kanja Club. And also, I I love that the last person he wants to see is Tasu Leech. Tasu Leech, good to see you. Good to see you. Very Han Solo moment. I love that. The way he punches him. Yeah. yeah, he gives the Harris the Indiana Jones punch, punch and that was right yeah. at right after he goes, You can't trust those little freaks, the door opens and he's just right. like, Oh can't trust those little freaks. Good yeah. to see you. Good to see yeah. you. <laughs> That's so fun. What was the second time then Chewie's like, Yeah. What was the second was time? That whole scene, Harrison is perfect. Perfect. Um, but yeah, perfect. so that's all we have for One with the Force. We're now going to head all over right. to John to get into our discussion, which, spoiler alert, is about what our shorts are. <laughs> yes. And before we do that, um, we just have to say that if you like what we do here at TRB, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Your support allows us to keep making the show the way you see it now, but also allows us to grow. And we have a lot of goals and things we want to achieve in the future, especially once the pandemic's fully over, we get back out to events and do things like that. We have a lot of things to make the show bigger and better. And your support is the way we do that. Um, Now to become a a patron, all you need to do is hop over to the website. Again, it is patreon.com slash resistance broadcast here. Start at just $2 a month. That's for full page access. We give you about 10 mini episodes Additionally, every month, uh, if you go up in the tiers, we have a Discord server. 
We also have generals, which uh, appear on our Monday shows. And we want to say a special thank you to our top tier generals right now. Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Beer Fat Bethany, Kendall Gelnar, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Jeff Connery, Oliver Lewis, Dave Hornack, Frank Rondé, Ryan Wara, and Val Trishkoff. Those are some names for you, Adam. Jeez. Yeah, right there. Oh, right up so there with Elon Sleeves Bagano and Therm Scissor Punch. Those are two I didn't mention. I, I almost picked <laughs> both those guys. Therm Scissor like, Punch is so good. How did I forget that? That's those are there to be said over punch. and over. Yeah. Therm Scissor Punch good. is the best <laughs> Star Wars name ever. And yeah. I just want an action figure of that character <sighs> so bad. Me too. That yeah. whole scene, the whole poker, or not poker, Sabak scene is like, I like the guy, ripe the guy? with characters who's the guy who gets so nervous he like eats his nails and he has the <laughs> <most> <laughs> <laughs> i like that guy i like that guy yeah um all right so here we go discussion time obi-wan once thought as you do how does kylo ren stack up in the legacy of star wars villains so i i asked adam if he had a, any topic he would like to talk about on the podcast and he fired back pretty quickly with just I want to talk about Kylo Ren. So uh, we all know Darth Vader sits near the top or at the top of almost every best cinematic villain list, but Star Wars needs needed a new villain for its sequel trilogy when it returned with episodes seven through nine. The torch was passed to Kylo Ren. We are six years removed from his debut in the saga, which is crazy to think about, but let's take a look back on this super complex and very well portrayed character that was tasked with following Darth Vader as the saga's new lead villain. That's like asking someone to go on after the Beatles uh, when they were right. touring. But right. um, did Adam Driver pull it off? Did the character stamp itself as a legacy Star Wars villain? Let's talk all about this great Star Wars character. Adam, you pitched the topic to us. Uh, why don't you kick us off into whatever direction you want to take us off in for uh, the chat about Kylo Ren? <laughs> Well, I'll just start it off with The Force Awakens because that's the other night I was watching The Force Awakens and uh, the treatment of that character. Okay, let, let, let's go back. Let's shuffle the deck here real quick. You're making a sequel to two Star Wars trilogies, an absolutely impossible task. You're never going to please everyone. But the rule with sequels and prequels is give me the same but different. That's what everybody wants. Everyone thinks they want something different. Some people think they want the same. But really, what everybody wants is the same but different. Give me the same but different. So, obviously, we're introduced to a lot of great references to Star Wars. People might complain that he puts a file in a droid, but shut up. Like, they don't, like they don't know that they're making a reference to R2-D2. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, but nobody complains that, oh, and then a guy in black comes off the thing and strangles a guy. Nobody complains about that. They all right. complain, oh, he puts a file in R2-D2 or in BB-8, you know? But then nobody complains that the very obvious references, here comes the Dark Lord of the Sith in, in Star Wars. I mean, you imagine in 1977 seeing that for the first time and not knowing what you're about to witness and Darth Vader enters that and he's just Darth Vader. He's yeah, Darth Vader yeah. instantly. That's what they have to compete with, and that's the reference they're making. When Kylo Ren walks off that, now, we don't know anything about Kylo Ren yet. As far as we know, he's another Darth Vader. Here's a guy in a black mask. He's got a cool voice. He's got a cape. He's going to kill a guy. He's going to show his authority. He turns around. He stops the bolt. All this stuff. So much thick introduction. I mean, that movie is so introduces all of their characters so perfectly thickly. And... If he continued being that character and we got that Darth Vader riff the rest of the movie, 
we would slowly get disappointed. Not completely disappointed because we want, you know, we, Darth Vader remained a badass throughout the, the episode four. He remained a badass all the way through episode five. Only at the very end of Return of the Jedi did we get any nuance to that character. Right. Um, uh, you know, but so, so, but what The Force Awakens does is it, is it fools us with the left and then catches us with the right, right to our hearts for this character because we have to wait three movies to see Darth Vader get unmasked. We have to wait three movies to find out anything about him. But very soon we hear Snoke say, your father Han Solo. So the Luke, I am your father moment, we're getting that right now. So now it's going to be built on that. So now this is how J.J. Abrams is shuffling the deck constantly. Gives you something that's very familiar and then shuffles the deck and tricks you. It gives you something very familiar, then shuffles the deck. And the and the greatest the greatest moment in that movie, and, and we're used to it now, but I must beg anyone to go back and watch with brand new eyes The Force Awakens and see the absolute accomplishment that's being done with this character, is when when Ray says it's uh something, 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 it's easy to be something when you're facing a creature in a mask. And he takes his mask off. We had to wait, we had to wait till the end of Return of the Jedi to see that. And what is he underneath there? He's a beautiful, handsome, attractive, attractive guy. <laughs> attractive guy. Did not see that coming. I mean, forgetting that we know Adam Driver's in the movie, right? Right. That is that is so radical, and that people don't realize how radical that is. Um, that's just the 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 shuffling of the deck they're doing with the idea of the big black masked heavy, right? Yeah. Well, well, immediately we can't sit there and go, "Oh, the Dark Lord of the Sith." We're like, "Oh, well, he's got an innocent face." Now he's, he's still got Han gonna... Solo's hair. He's got Han Solo's hair. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and so then, then that just changes that movie for for the rest of the movie because he he's looking at Ray with with the regular eyes with you know now it's two people now he's gonna put that mask back on and he's gonna try and go become the Dark, but he's never gonna reach it again. He's never gonna reach what he was at the very beginning when he when he killed Lord Santeca, right? He's never going to become that. As soon as he takes that mask off, just like for Ray, we're no longer as afraid of him. He now is a real human being, and now right. we, we know he's Han Solo's son. And then the rest of the movie plays out with those things, with him trying to maintain this dark Lord of the Sithness, which we know he can't. Now, I've got more to say after that, but, but I'll take a break here, because I've got other Kylo points that are sure. just... Absolutely brilliant. Well, Lacey, your your favorite movie of, of the sequel trilogy and maybe all of Star Wars is TFA. So yeah. why don't you pick up before yeah, I'm left off here? The reason I like The Force Awakens so so much is I honestly think is what Adam said is like I knew what I wanted going to this new sequel is the same, but something different. And I know some of the biggest critiques were, oh, it's a new hope being retold. Yes, it is. And that's why it's so good and so fun and so perfect in every way. And you leave that theater having a wonderful time. Um, But one of the things that makes that movie so good is Adam Driver and Kylo Ren. From the moment we meet him on screen and the terrible things that he does and like the freezing of the blaster bolt was something that I'll never forget because everybody in the theater went, what? What? Because we had never seen that before. Um, And then just the way he throws temper tantrums throughout the oh, movie man. and he's so tough and bad. He tortures Poe. Like you're just like, this guy is bad news. Yeah. And then to find out, I will never forget the reaction in the movie theater when he took the helmet off. Literally some guy behind me was like, what? 
<laughs> because we were expecting this monster. We mm -hmm. like who could do this? And you realize when he takes the helmet off that he looks like Han Solo. He's got the Han Solo hair. He's really attractive. Ray is taken aback, just like you are, and you're like, this guy is capable of these. What happened? Right. Um, and then he's like shoving his helmet into those ashes, which JJ then says is like human ashes. Which, first of all, why would you stick your helmet in that? But the shot it alone is terrifying. Um, he's just so good in that movie. And I remember when I left the movie, first of all, I loved him because he was a great villain, but I also hated him. I left that movie being, and he ultimately became one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. But after I left that movie, I hated him for what he did to Rey, what he did to Finn, what he did to Han. And that shows you how good that movie is. That me, everyone knows me now, and they're like, Lacey's the biggest Kylo fan. I hated him leaving The Force Awakens the first yeah. time. I was like, how could they do this? He kills Han Solo. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah, that's, Adam, you're, you're a wrestling fan, right? So Yes. You, I used to be. I haven't watched in a while. But. I, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the same exact way. And it's like the whole theme of how is this guy going to live up to the standard and the overbearing shadow of Darth Vader in terms of from the cinematic standpoint. Impossible. You can't. And the only way yet, you can do it is by putting him over. And Han Solo puts his son over by letting, you know, by in, in story, him killing him. But like the character of Han Solo got sacrificed to put this villain over. And it did because it made everyone, Lacey, everyone in that theater be like, I hate, hate him. I what hate if he, him. If he didn't, if that scene doesn't happen and they just kind of cross paths or whatever, Kylo Ren doesn't do enough to be like, you're just kind of like, oh, that guy. Yeah, uh. But that moment when he does that, when he tricks him into thinking he's going to go with him, Han Solo the whole time thinks like, wow, I reached my son. Because when he puts that blade through him, Han Solo's not like, all right, I did this for you. He's like, oh, my God, I, my son just killed me. And then he rips it out of him violently and says, thank you. It's not till after when he feels Leia feel it that he starts feeling a little remorse for doing it. Yeah, He he was 100% down with what he did. Uh, and, and then you get the, was, flashback, or the flash forward to the solo, which is kind of a flashback of him talking to Rio Durant saying, you never want to die alone, kid. It ain't no fun dying alone. Oh, yeah. my God. And but that, then that's really quick. Over. Yeah, the really quick, though, because you brought this up and I thought it was a great point, Adam. Removing the helmet made you identify with him. You were like, oh, my God, he's not a monster. Originally, they were going to have him take his helmet off with Han and they changed uh, it to have him take it off with Ray. So that always perfect. was a very perfect change that i really appreciated because i was like no because by the time he reaches han he's back to being that guy he's you're trying. not gonna get yeah but you're not gonna get the same kind of disabling that you got when he was with ray and right. the scene the scenes with snoke too they filmed both with and without the helmet and they went with Helm. without they went with the they did the takes without the helmet to maybe show his 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 you know boyishness and his his uh naivety and vulnerability Mm -hmm. so i find uh, yeah that that's a good point Lacey. that's a very and, good point and uh one of the great one of the things that obi-wan kenobi says if you strike me down i will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine that is a card left on the table that is then picked up by the force awakens because it is the beginning of the end for kylo ren kylo ren's redemption begins the moment he thinks he's turning to the dark side, but that's how powerful the light side of the force is. It's an exact same moment of Obi-Wan. If, if, if Darth Vader doesn't strike down Obi-Wan, maybe Luke doesn't blow up the Death Star. But because he does, 
that's the end of the Death Star. Because Kylo Ren uh, strikes down Han Solo, the rebellion is, it's, it's inevitable the rebellion will win. Yeah, and yeah. Rey made that decision, no, I'm doing this. Because she ran, a, like her destiny of becoming a Jedi. Because originally right. she ran away. But that right. moment witnessing Han get killed, who she viewed kind of as a father figure. Yeah, which is also kind of like when Luke made the decision after Owen and uh, Baru get killed. Yeah. So there's a lot of parallels there. Great parallels that that everybody thinks they're onto all the parallels of The Force Awakens, and they know like three of them. There are <laughs> hundreds of them. And yet, for a movie that supposedly is just like A New Hope, it bears almost no resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's how bad star wars criticism is <laughs> it isn't and, and you know i'm a huge 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 uh lawrence kazan fan i love the big chill i love a lot of the stuff he's written and directed and uh his star wars movies happen to all be my favorite and he and jj kidding he he he, he and jj wrote this movie and jj said they went for walks and they yeah. said what is going to make what is going to make people uh, find joy in what we're writing? And his whole thing—I've seen interviews with him—and his whole thing is always that plot is overrated. If you if you can sell your characters to your audience, plot doesn't matter. If like so, and I always think of it as my test is when I walk out of a theater, do I say, "Oh, Jack Nicholson was great in that," or you know, Tim Smith or whatever character he played? If I can remember the character he played and they can sell me the characters and the connections and the relationships between the characters, whether those are good relationships and bad relationships, that's a good movie. To me, the plot thing really isn't as important. And I think that's what separates Star Wars from sci-fi to what to me it is, which is the soap opera. And uh, cause I'm not a big sci-fi fan, really. People like always, my, my friends are always like, you don't like sci-fi, you love Star Wars. I'm like, it's not, it's not sci-fi. It's not really sci-fi. So, it's it's the relationships and and this whole soap opera as George Lucas puts it he says it's a it's a family soap opera and if you can be sold on that that's all that matters and Lawrence Kasdan gets that so when people make like you said Adam and Lacey the argument about oh it's a rehash and stuff I I couldn't care less because I'm I getting all these new different. I'm getting all these new characters that are completely different I'm getting a this black stormtrooper who defects and becomes this hero i'm getting all these wild things that we've That's never so seen before in star wars yeah the first close-up of a stormtrooper ever in star wars you see a yeah. close-up and he takes the takes the helmet off that we've never seen that before this is insane Yes. That's, that's so, and that's so much. That's how thick Star Wars movies are. You could make a hundred more movies just based on the things we saw in Episode Four. It, that's how yeah. thick that movie is. I've always told yeah. you I want to see the entire movie of what happened to all those droids after the stormtroopers killed the Jawas. They just walked right. in the desert. That's a right. whole movie there. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. So how do you feel? I was going to say. So where do you? How do you feel where he went for the rest of the series? Okay. And it only and it gets better, folks, the, because the best Kylo Ren moment that brings me to tears, that makes me so happy to be a Star Wars fan, and makes Kylo Ren absolutely just unbelievably perfect, <laughs> is so we've got all these great echoes of uh, I won't call them copies; they're echoes of of Star Wars. Obviously, in the Last Jedi, <coughs> talking myself into a cough. <laughs> Obviously, in the Last Jedi we are treated to the Empire Strikes Back of the series. She goes off to train in the Force in a very different way than Luke did. Uh, but what we also have is the join me moment between Rey and Kylo. And the way they bring Kylo and, and, and Rey together, 
that they end up fighting on the same side because he makes the decision to kill Snoke is just so such a perfectly set up stack of dominoes that that one choice knocks all the dominoes down between their relationship between the two of them. They're now brought together <coughs> um, that now he's the supreme leader. I mean, just the dominoes falling with that one choice and the cinematic choice in the red room with the, the hand reaching up and holding the lightsaber and just all the great moments of that. And the redemption of another toy that never got to fight, the Emperor's Royal Guard. Uh, you can absolutely see that uh, uh, Ryan Johnson really, much like me, wanted to see the Royal Guards do some awesome stuff. I right, had a Royal right. Guard action figure a month before Jedi came out. And I go, oh, I can't wait to see this main character do stuff. <laughs> anyway, so we finally we finally get that. That's the that's the bowcaster of people, uh, the 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 uh, <clears throat> the Praetorian Guard. But what's great is we're on such a high that 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 movie has tricked us into by being a really well-written well-directed movie has gotten us into this movie oh my god they're fighting side by side oh my god it's 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 the darth maul fight of this movie this is awesome right. and now we're cutting back to the fleet you know this is classic george lucas technique cutting back to the fleet cutting back to the fight you know and, and now we're in except he takes it a step further because he's an auteur uh as soon as that is over with then we're, we are we are as unprepared for what's about to happen next. When he asks Rey to join him, just like Darth Vader did in The Empire Strikes Back, but it's different. The character we saw get off that lander in, 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 uh, on Jakku in the first one has now made this journey where he is struggling to be the Darth Vader. And we are struggling to hold the fact that he's a Darth Vader in our head. And he spent the entire second movie with his mask off. So it is impossible to cast him as a Darth Vader. And then Rise of Skywalker, he tries to put it back on, but we ain't buying it. Now it's cracked. It's not working. Is it, you're, you're faking it, dude. We can tell you're faking it. <laughs> <coughs> What'd you have that monkey put that thing together for you? Anyway, he says... He join... did, actually. Yes. He did. <laughs> he says, join me. And then they have that amazing exchange where he where he gets very abusive, relationship abusive, that you mean nothing, but not to me. He's, yeah. he's, the, he's the drunken, that's, that's drunken wife beater talk. That's, yeah. that's a, I mean, he's, he's quite the villain in his manipulation in that moment. And we all know it, and he knows it, and Ray knows it. Um, but he, when he says, join me, with tears in his eyes. He says, please, yeah. He says, please, yeah. pleading, be my friend. I've just killed all my friends. I've just, <laughs> that I, there's nothing here for me I anymore. I just killed everyone for I you. just killed everyone, and I'm a broken man, and I don't belong here. Please, please. I mean, yeah. that is as different as Darth Vader asking Luke Skywalker to join me as you can get, and yet it is repeating the same beat. But boy, that is a scene. It makes me... It makes me well up in just the perfection of how all of that comes together. Then, of course, no, the, the lightsaber between the two of them. Now we're cutting back and forth in a way that Lucas never did with the fleet to the hold a maneuver. And that's, that, that's the perfection of that movie. But boy, that Kylo Ren moment. Join me, please. Oh, you, yeah. you got to know and love and your they, Star Wars to write a scene like that. Boy, oh, boy. They, and also you have to feel bad about everything. Like He's done terrible stuff, but it oh. makes you kind of be like, he's had a crappy life. Like, he just wants friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah. know, they... He his father and has regretted it every minute since, too. Yeah. In episode nine, when Kylo puts his hand on Vader's mask and has his vision uh, to parallel rays from TFA, he hears Vader's join me with his join me. Does uh, he? And, 
Yeah, he, oh. they put both join me's in that vision. So he saw like Vader's reach out to Luke and his reach out to Ray. But the difference was Vader's just like, let's let's this machine is good. Let's keep it going. I'll just get rid of the old guy. It'll be nice. you and me now. And yeah. Kylo Ren's like, let's destroy everything. Let's destroy everything. Let's, let's, burn let's it start a new thing together. Yeah. Like you, me. Let's do start this whole new thing. We can rule the galaxy. This new let's start a new order or whatever. But she didn't take the bait. But I'll I'll go one further with the Last Jedi because I do love the Last Jedi. I just sometimes the fans have dampered my love for it. So like I, I know you, I don't either. <laughs> but you're you're two of the first Star Wars people I've talked to about Star Wars in years. I don't I don't yeah. pay attention to any of that. So it rolls right <laughs> off right. my back. I right don't off. care what people think about Star Wars. I don't the, care. That's good. <laughs> well, I'm honored. I am honored that you're doing that with us. Hey, thanks but... for thanks for being worth talking to about Star Wars. But I re- really, I think I started that story early in the show. Is that yeah. I, I stopped talking about Star Wars with people. That's where I was going. Yeah, the, the Toy Story I told. But Ken Knapsack was the first Star Wars conversation I've had in years. Like at the that's a pretty good ago. Star Wars conversation. Well, yeah, have. right. Yeah, gonna Ken Knapsack, but uh, but you know uh, he's but, had a lot of conversations because everyone we talked to, they're like, you know, the one person it's Ken Knapsack. I'm like, I gotta talk to that guy again. We oh, met him yeah, celebration, yeah. but yeah. Oh, he'll love you. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, man. Uh, I'll take it one further in terms of the Last Jedi. Not saying one higher than yours, but another one is uh, the end when he's so enraged in t- when he's screaming at Luke and. He says, I'll destroy her, I'll destroy you, I'll destroy all of it. And you can see his like the evil coming through his skin. And then at the end, uh, in the part Lacey often talks about where he's he's got the dice and they disappear. And he looks at Ray, she closes the door. So literally everything around him is disappearing. He's and alone. he's like, he's Yeah, he, he's alone. all alone. That's oh. that's a that's a deep that's a deep that's thing. literally you can't, sitting with your mistakes. Like you've you messed up so bad, you're mm-hmm. now worse off than you were when you were with the bad guys right like you did this to yourself it's so well written that's it's so well done but then at the same time there's that one part when ray rejects him and leaves when he just throws her right into the bus and like (laughs) and i love this scene so much because it's very like shakespearean uh henry the or Macbeth or whatever but or hamlet even but you have um Hux and he's about to shoot Kylo Ren, who's oh, laying on the ground. That's some slowly, empire shit right there. And he slowly puts his oh, his blaster right back now. away. <laughs> that was Donald Gleason's note. He added that, which is amazing. Yeah, if, if, yeah, that's amazing. That was and, his and, idea to do that. He said it in an oh. interview, and I was like, "This guy, he's good." So, so he he wakes up and Hux goes, "What happened?" And he goes, "The girl murdered Snoke." He immediately just throws her right under the bus. Oh, yeah. He's like, sure. yeah, the, the girl murdered Snoke to the general of the First Order. So at that the point, Magna he's just Line like, 3000 from the prequels, right under. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what the, the deal there is he's still looking out for number one. That's that, that's yeah. clear as day that he's still looking out for number one. So, yeah, he's still uh, not he's a, a good survivor. Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's still yeah, got a lot yeah. of a journey to become a good, a, a good guy. But, uh, right. So, how right. do you feel about how they finished it off, his arc? Oh. I, it, it's perfect it's uh, uh absolutely perfect i i love that that he goes to he goes to save ray he's he's uh, i mean because there, there there's a moment where oh well, well i mean obviously you know her and her rage kills kylo ren and then saves him i mean how you know when you think to yourself you're like how in the world are we going to finally get kylo good and to bring these two together in a meaningful way and they figured it out. She kills him 
because he's distracted at his mother, who he tried to kill in the last movie, at her actually being defeated at her death. You know, to, to real like that's the we know that's the emotion he felt when Han Solo died too. He just yeah. couldn't show it because he's Mister I, Mister you know, punch myself in the side and anger, 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 right. which means he knows nothing of the Force. You know, I mean, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he thinks that's the Force. Um, so you, you've got this confluence of Leia and Rey and Kylo, <clears throat> um, but she kills him and then brings him back to life because she is a good guy. She is the light side of the force. And as she said, when she uh, heals the Vexus earlier in Pasana, I transferred some of my life energy to him. Right. She transferred her life. He is now part Ray. She has given up some of her because when he heals her at the end, he has to give what's left of right. himself he everything. Yeah. to bring her alive. And that's a, that's a worthwhile sacrifice for him. And it's going to make a difference for the galaxy. She's going to go on to do tremendous things. She is a, a, a new chosen one of a sort. So I think that's perfect. She brings him back to life. And we've already been teased it on Pisana. She brings him back to life. Um, and then, and he's different at that point. At, at that point, he's, well, and then... <laughs> His Han scar Solo actually Solo. heals, which oh. I didn't notice on the first watch. What? I didn't notice that. These yeah. movies are so thick. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she, literally, she literally kills Kylo Ren and heals his scar. Oh, my God. It's better than I thought. And I just found out tonight on the Resistance broadcast, you guys are doing God's work. <laughs> Lacey, I'll admit, Lacey and wow. I, we humble brag. I'm going to watch that right now. <laughs> we, were at, we were at the world premiere uh, in the Chinese theater. Were we in the Chinese theater? That was what we were in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I did not notice that on my first watch that she, the, the scar healed. I don't oh know if Lacey God. did. I can't wait to I notice did. that. You did notice that, yeah. But then the scene for me, the the field of dreams scene for me is the you know the dad can you want to have a catch the Han as wow. a dad and you know my relationship with my dad the Han hey kid. I could hear frickin- John sniffling next to me trying to keep oh. it together. Oh my God, the hey kid. <laughs> the, Kyla the says frickin- dad. The freaking I know when when oh. when Ben couldn't bring himself to say I love you. Oh, which uh, which which no kid can for his father. That's a very hard thing for it's it, tough. even a, even a good relationship between a father and a son. It's, it's tough. It's, Sometimes I mumble it. I'm like I love you, Dad. Yeah, yeah. I love you, Dad. Are you yeah. kidding? I have problems like hugging my parents. I'm not a hugger, <laughs> so I get it. But that 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 whole that whole scene and you know Leia, you know her last deed was was reaching out to Ben and it took all of her life out of her. Her last word is Ben. Uh, the right. first word we see her ever speak in Star Wars is her father, Darth Vader. Uh, there's a lot there that Darth JJ brings Vader. to the table. Oh, that yeah, that whole sequence, that, that and and people always say, and and I understand the argument. Well, he he doesn't speak for the rest of the movie except when he says "ow," and I'm like, that's I my get argument. That. I get that. But I think it's, it's a waste of using Adam Driver, and I don't think that they shot the rest of that movie without him saying anything. So that's what bothers me is because you know there are lines sitting somewhere that he never said like that they didn't include in the movie. That's my I big get, problem is that I feel like it was a waste it. of Adam Driver that he doesn't talk for the rest of the movie. It was more um, acting than talking. <laughs> true. Of course. Of course. Of course. He, yeah. He's great. And I love the whole fight where they transfer the lightsaber. It's perfect. I don't like that he dies, but that's because of my own love for Adam Driver. You shouldn't and love. like that he dies. You right. Should, you should, because... If he but had there died, was no way he could have survived. I no. left that movie knowing right. there There's was no way. no way he could have survived. Yeah. That's um, the Shakespeare for all the things tale. that yeah, all the things that he had done. He had to you know pay for those things that he had 
people he killed and you know yeah. he ultimately and i said this after i saw the movie he did the thing that anakin couldn't do he saved the woman that he loved which anakin couldn't do he couldn't save padme which this, ben solo this is a did great point yes so yeah. i have been better with it after talking that through but yeah. for my own selfish fan of like i love ben solo and we didn't get to see enough of it, like yeah. i wanted him to live but i know that it didn't make sense in the story yeah oh i wish live. romeo had lived well Right. <laughs> what story are we telling at that point? And, and also one thing that people can come to terms with is the fact that there is no narrative way that he didn't know him transferring his power to her was gonna wasn't gonna kill him. Because he she was, was bringing her back from the dead. She was As, she was dead dead. Ben was still alive when she healed him. Right. Exactly. She was dead for like minutes, seemingly. Yeah, and that that's the a side thing, which I, I I'm shocked that people didn't pick up on this in the movie about Finn's force sensitivity. Finn feels Ray's death when he gets back. He does. On the he does. And so he, Ray died. She's dead. And he had to bring her back to life. So what, you know, oh, it's a so one many... for one type thing. Probably like I've said this before, a uh, full metal alchemist, the anime, it's like a one for one. You do, right. you lose your arm, you give yes. someone an arm type yeah. thing. So you couldn't, bring her back from dead for multiple minutes without him giving her his whole life. That's yeah. the, so, so this, there's multiple rises of Skywalker in this movie because she heals him, heals his scars and restores the Skywalker in him. And then he literally brings her back to life and she is reborn as Ray Skywalker. So it's, it's, it's uh, I, 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 I like that aspect of it. And we're always talking about bringing balance to the force. You look at these two people as a yin and a yang. I mean, that's, that's how balance is brought back to the force. Like he, what good was left in him, you know, the evil was gone and there wasn't much of him left alive and he gave it all to Ray. So I right. think that brought balance to the force as, and as is often said. And, you know, Adam Driver is great. And one... yeah, we're not even talking about how just great an acting performance. He's amazing. He made it. He made the role. And yeah. We we have to bring up a couple of things. One, the the, the very the subtleties of uh, the nuances of his facial expressions, and when he like when he when he's cold, and when he says, "I you know, you can't go back to her now," like I can't. It's almost like he's trying not to cry when he says yeah, that. Yeah. And the, the, when the, he's the, holding her is yeah. the worst for me. Like yeah. when he's, you could see he's like looking around to see if anybody can help. Like, right. He's yeah. helpless. He knows that's the only option. Uh, but for, for levity's sake, Lacey, we got to bring up, we, we interviewed the stunt coordinator for the rise of Skywalker, <laughs> Junis Toothheart, who stole the show on the documentary uh, about the rise of Skywalker, in our opinion. Ooh, She's I amazing. Seen this documentary. It, yeah, so it's attached to the film. It's like two hours long. You, if you don't love J.J. Oh Abrams already, you're going to love him more Ooh, watching this. I love him already. It was wonderful. Really, Eunice really Huthart, she, we said, we did this whole thing with her. We're like, describe these people using one word. And I said, J.J. Abrams, and, or one sentence. I said, J.J. Abrams. She goes, he's the love of my life. Uh -huh. uh, she said, working with him was amazing. Adam Driver, she said, was uh, intense or serious or whatever she had said. But uh, the funny story she told us was about how he did all of his stunts and when he found out that they had a stunt guy on set, he like got angry. He was like, so this, to the point where the stunt guy heard Adam Driver was arriving back on set and they sent, he like ran to No, they were testing his wardrobe. So they, they had the wardrobe. stunt guy in Adam's wardrobe to test it so that they could do stunts with the cape and everything. Yeah. So she said she brought them brought him over to the the room and she's just like, "Okay, do some twirls, do this, do that. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, that looks great." 
and they get a call being like Adam's on his way. And they looked at the guy and they were like, you have to get out of here right now. You can't be in here because they were so afraid that Adam would have been like, what's going on? Because she had told him, like, if you can't do this, I'm putting a guy in because the movie will be better if the stunt guy's in. And Adam said, no problem. I'll do it. I'm going to do it all. Like he he said, I do all my stunts. And she's like, yeah, every actor says that, Adam. He's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. I do all of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's very intense and very... Uh, I think not obnoxiously a method actor like Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman, but yeah. he he really gets serious into his role, and you know he he did such a what a great job by Kathleen Kennedy because she handpicked him out of Lincoln, I believe. Uh, and people always dog on Kathleen Kennedy, the same people who love Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. So you got to give credit to Kathleen Kennedy for that casting there, and what what a job he did in this trilogy, unbelievable. I'll give Kathleen Kennedy credit for everything any day. Oh, 40 years of, yeah. Spielberg's producer. What? Right, right, exactly. (laughs) She doesn't know Star Wars? What? what? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, It's as though there's another agenda in hating Catherine. Yeah, yeah. I I can't think of what that might be societally, but we'll move on. (laughs) Maybe she's a mid-tier producer. I don't know. She must be a mid-tier producer. (laughs) You know, uh, John in Akron, Ohio, uh, with the Twitter account, must really know what's going on behind the scenes at Lucasfilm. (laughs) I bet he knows. He knows. He has his finger on the pulse. Um, So any other elements uh, before we move on to some questions from our... uh, Yeah, all right, Adam. I have one last thing to say. I'm going to let him finish it off. Okay. (laughs) I I just have one line that makes me laugh so hard. If there's another funny movie besides Solo, it's probably Rise of Skywalker. I mean, um, um, Last Jedi. And uh, my favorite line is, blow that piece of junk out of the sky. (laughs) Like, he's so unhinged. And I love petulant Kylo. That was the other thing you guys mentioned too. Is the 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 when he becomes petulant, and he starts cutting things with the the the, the lightsaber in Force Awakens. That's a whole other aspect of Kylo. And we're like, oh my god, he's he's not only is he not up to being Darth Vader, he's still like an angry teen, and, but with the Force and lightsabers and stuff. Like I right. laughed so hard at that scene. Whoa, that piece of junk out of the sky. He's so unhinged. Yeah. And the other line I always laugh is where in The Force Awakens, where he smashes everything and then mm-hmm. he turns to Matika and he's just like, anything else? Anything else. And that line, J.J. Abrams said, is the line that he fell in love with Adam Driver because it was so <laughs> sarcastic and like, well, I've done all this damage. Do you have anything to add to this? That's yeah. that. That's very Vader because Vader is a he does the one liners and they're mm-hmm. not always, you know, corny or whatever, but, you know, the whole uh, apology accepted you know well the whole beginning scene with loris loris santeca he's like very sarcastic like and then he just loses it like a child and kills him but like the lines like oh you're so right it's like such a right 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 yeah Yeah. so many levels to kylo and that's that's that the funny thing is another oh oh and the and the the line when he's uh going up against luke skywalker as well he's just ultra petulant at that moment (laughs) and you're finally seeing these two face each other he and kicks we... his leg out and stuff you're like what are you doing yeah yeah um i'm sure you do <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry ben i'm sure you are yeah, right <laughs> like oh yeah. and he just captures it so well that petulant kid he's not darth vader he's a very different character no. so and it, it, he is he is kind of that that um entitled phony you know when he's got ray up against the the chasm and he's like 
you need a teacher. I'll show you the ways of the force. Meanwhile, you have Snoke saying, bring him back. I need to complete his training. Like yeah. it's always, it's always the, the, the know-it-all, you know, Prince his who's like, I'll yeah. be the teacher, but it's like, you don't even know your stuff yet. You know, you know? what I mean? In, in Empire Strikes Back, when Luke decides to go save Han and Leia, you know, there's a lot of things that Yoda tells him that fall upon deaf ears. But we get to see different versions of that in this as well, you know. Yeah. Like, come back, complete your training. But we see what, uh, what uh, you know, it's not like Luke goes off completely. <laughs> Obviously, he's in over his head. Obviously, he loses to Darth Vader. He's not prepared to know the truth that Yoda knows when he says, right. do not go face Vader. I got a secret to tell you, and I don't want him to blow it. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's other aspects of that. And again, it's all, as I say all the time, it's all the notes on the Star Wars keyboard. And J.J. plays yeah. all of them. Ryan Johnson plays all of them. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, what a treat. It's, how lucky it is. Oh, how it, lucky. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's going to be more of a cohesive saga. The more years we go down the road and the more the generation now, like the prequel redemption, right? So the kids who were five, when the force awakens came out in 10 years are going to be the podcasters saying, no, this is this trilogy rocks. Yeah. Like they're going to be the ones uh, redeeming this trilogy in the eyes of the haters. So and, yeah. and, this, and this is what I say to anybody that has any problem with, with Star Wars or doesn't like this movie or doesn't like that movie. There's a movement after every movie's released. There's a bunch of people who says, I don't like that movie. And then three years later, I don't hear those people anymore. Everybody right. suddenly likes it. Solo. When Solo came out, a lot of people were like, oh, this is what's weird with this movie. Oh, I'll tell you my problem with Solo. They don't, they're not around anymore. They've all come around and gone, oh, and, and you even have conversations with them. They'll be like, you know, I've kind of come around on Solo. Yeah, I should have seen it in the theaters. Yeah, we hear it all the time. Yes. Yeah. And it's so like, many. this whole panel has the advantage of watching these movies 30 times and going, guys, you really need to watch Solo. I know I've seen it a bunch. I know you've only seen it once. I understand what might be misunderstood watching it once, but trust me. Yeah. And so when Rise of Skywalker came out in uh, a absolutely gorgeous, amazing movie, I mean, that, that, that there was any backlash. Some people wanted that to be uh justice league so bad or wanted that to be the phantom menace so bad or what, what you know like just they wanted to have this bad star wars movie it's like it's like the marvel critics every marvel movie comes out so, is this the bad one? Oh, it's not is this the bad one no it's not why are you going in like that right <laughs> it's right. tv shows too now they're like ah, oh, i don't know and you're like no it's really good <laughs> and, and what i yeah. say to people i go I, I know you don't like the rise of skywalker but you know what why don't you just skip the middle man and like it now? You're going to like it in three years. What are you even doing right now? I you know? that's I agree. It's a, people like seeing failure in other like when you root against like t the like Tom Brady, root against the biggest athlete, and then once they finally fall, you're like, you know what? I kind of like that guy or well, whatever. Of course, it's like of course people always want to knock things down when it's at its height, and that's that's kind of what's yeah. been going on with these big franchises. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, a terrible impulse that comes from. It doesn't come from uh, uh, proper criticism or love of the medium. So it comes from some other weird place. So it literally has nothing to do with Star Wars. People that don't like Rise of Skywalker. I, right. I, you're, you're not saying that because of anything to do with Star Wars. So that's why I stopped talking to people about Star Wars. Well, how <laughs> about... don't care what you think about Star Wars. <laughs> Adam, we're, we're going to make you talk to at least three people because we're going to have some questions from our listeners that we're going to fire up here right now if you're down for them. Sure. Nobody leaves okay. a conversation with the, from me without loving Star Wars. I turn everybody around. That's what I'm saying. And we hope everyone liked that part of the discussion. 
Uh, let us know what your thoughts are on the character now that we're a few years removed from it. Uh, Kylo Ren, uh, legacy Star Wars villain. Uh, we're going to put our stamp on that conversation. But Lacey, uh, we have some Ask the Resistance questions. Do you want to fire those up? Yeah, sure. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? Ask the Resistance. I'm back to asking questions. It's been a while. Uh, so you guys ask your Star Wars questions. Hopefully we have some good Star Wars answers. You ask us via Twitter at RBATSWNN with hashtag AskTheResistance. You could also email us, resistancebroadcast at gmail.com if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, send a carrier pigeon. We're, we're, any way you want. You do that. Yeah. So we're Carrier gonna... Porg. Send a carrier Porg. Carrier Porg. I will I like keep it. the Porg. Uh, all right. First <laughs> up, we have Mike Rumor at Drum Jedi. Hey, Mike. Mike asks... Was Admiral Ozel really just a clumsy fool or was he secretly a rebel sympathizer slash spy? Adam, what do you think? Good fan theory. These are fun to think about. These are fun, especially especially when you get Huck saying, I'm the spy. You're like, was Ozel? Not, right. Was Ozel? Kind I of am like, the like spy. A, did he like grow up on Corellia or something? And they like knew one of these guys? And of course, you end up in the shipyards. You end up working for the Empire. And, but you're like, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out of light speed way too close to the system. <laughs> and then and then we won't attack because it'll all of a sudden there will be and then we'll have to turn around that'll that'll buy them some time yeah i like that the answer is probably not but that's a very good fan theory like available right. evidence makes that a push <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm uh, gonna uh, say that it's definitely he's just a clumsy fool and stupid. i'm with you on that he he thought surprise was wise and uh apparently it wasn't because it led to his death so surprise yeah. you're dead <laughs> who's surprised yeah. now yeah exactly right <laughs> next is rachel at built on stardust Ooh, great handle like uh and rachel asks which member of the rogue one team would you want on your side in a fight i'm gonna start with john with this one john who would you want on your side from rogue one Pro- <laughs> it's 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 the most like '80s action. It's the '80s action fan in me, but I got to go with Baze Malibus. I knew you were gonna say Baze, <laughs> just because he's got that gun that just Gatling mows everybody down, oh, yeah. and he, yeah, it's he and he's he's loyal. He's like very. He's like the Chewbacca of Rogue One. So uh, I and I like Baze. I, it was between him and Chirrut, Um, but I, I'm gonna go with Baze just because he can do a lot of damage real quick. So if we get ambushed and we're in a tough spot, he can just mow through people. My first reaction would say Jin Urso because she fights better than Cassian. But now that you said Baze, I, I think I might take Chira Emway because he Ooh. just like is very like knows what's going on. He's one with the force. He fights with a stick. He's like really funny. So he'd make me laugh <laughs> if we were in a stressful situation. Um, Yeah, I think he'd be great. Adam, what do you think? Uh, I... These are, these are very near and dear to my heart. The very first thing that came to mind was neither of those two. But as you as you said, base, I was like, ooh, cheer it. And then you said, cheer it. I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those those are good. But I'm going to go with my first thought was K2SO. Um, he I, also, got, yeah. Because, I, you know, there's this whole history of owning a droid in Star Wars. And you got R2-D2. And you're like, you know, it's still a four-foot-tall droid that you got to take with you everywhere or whatever. And then BB-8, who's cute. And the BB-8 gets his own droid, which is really cute. Um, I I like that thing like a boy and his droid you know like Luke and his droids but uh, there's something about K2SO like if you were to just like 
you know, if, if you're going into a room and you got, oh, oh, this is my droid BB-8. This is in case we need to, whatever, read a star chart or whatever. But anyway, well, I'm just saying, oh, ignore him. But K2SO is like this nine foot tall. Oh, yeah, this is my droid. I just, I bring him everywhere. I go, hey, let's just have drinks. Okay, just hang out at the bar. Cool. <laughs> it's this nine foot tall droid that tells it like it is. I'd, I'd love, I'd love to hang out with K2. I kind of feel like I want to change my name or my pick to K2 only because now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Cheerit can't fly a ship. He can't open doors. He can't read anything in ships where K2 can. That's true. I also so wonder if... Somewhere. But if... Cheerit, you know you're a good person if Cheerit dig you. Like, you don't I know, know K2. Like, he'll tell like it is. Yeah. And be like, you know, you really uh, can't handle your... Fine. I mean, he tells it too much like it is. Like, wonder... it would be kind of annoying. It's like, you know, you really should fire your taxes early. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how receptive... If he would be receptive, if K2SO would accept Whirr's rules of no droids in the cantina, if he'd be like, I'm just going to come in anyway. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're obviously talking they, about some other droid. They told him to stay at the ship and he just goes, I'm, you know, I'm just going to go down to Jetta City and see what's right. going on. The right. dropping of the backpack is one of my favorite moments. <laughs> that and the slap. The I'm slap. taking yeah. these prisoners to yeah. prison. Taking yeah. these prisoners. These are prisoners. prisoners. <laughs> right. These are prisoners. <laughs> Not the adjective king. I mean, you know, when you think about it, and I could go on all night, but <laughs> the the uh, standard you have to rise to to create another R two D two, which they didn't even try in in uh in the prequel trilogy you know they've got some r4s and stuff and no they're not even pretending these are anything bring an r2 yeah but one of the many keys on the keyboard is you got to create a memorable droid and they have in these other movies too you got l3 you got k2so oh yeah they definitely picked up the baton and boy have they done a good job there is not an unmemorable droid since r4 you know like that's the last right. unmemorable droid right <laughs> that's a good that's a great point great yeah. point all and right it's last... hard to create a memorable droid i mean bb8 <laughs> is an accomplishment yeah True. oh man yeah. bb8 was so crazy when everyone thought he was cg and then he rolled out on stage and everyone's like oh he's real mm -hmm. that was insane all right last yeah. question is from like, we're not using cg Prince. we don't care if we have to kill harrison ford to do it Oh, why? <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, folks. I like everyone was like, "Don't use CG." Okay, um, we almost killed Harrison Ford. Yeah, we Happy the now. Door on his leg. Yeah, and didn't didn't J JJ like tore out his back because he was lifting the door, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. he's gonna have that injury the rest of his life. Yeah. JJ was like, "No," he's like the mom that gets the superpower when their kids in a, under a car. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, question: Fit and trim at Fit and trim. What up? Uh, they asked, with both Jar Jar and C-3PO having exclaimed, how rude, the question is, what is the rudest moment in Star Wars? I'm going to start with Adam. Rudest wow, moment. Wow, you got to start with me. The rudest moment in Star Wars. How rude. Uh, Han Solo only giving that guy, I don't know how many credits, to clean up a dead body in the uh, cantina. <laughs> like, here's a quarter. You left a dead body. And, and, and we can all smell it. We can all smell it. Now I'm going to fumigate the whole. Can you imagine roasting a dead body in your apartment? Could you, could you ever live in there again? Here, here's a quarter. Sorry about the dead, roasted body that everybody can smell. And some of those people have incredible nostrils. I mean, yeah, that's that's not. I mean, they would have to close that bar down. They really would, like immediately after that. Yeah, it would not pass health inspection. No, no. 
that's, <laughs> Burning that's, a, hair. that's a that's a great pick. John, I gotta go with Beckett interrupting the the reunion and romance between Han and Kira in Lando's cape closet mm-hmm. because I could have went with C three PO interrupting Han and Leia, but C three PO doesn't know better. He thinks he was doing something good, right? Where Beckett was purposely interrupting Han after all these years. Mm-hmm. loving this girl thinking about her dreaming about her wanting to get back to her everything he was doing was to get back to kira he finally gets her they start kissing and beckett ruins the whole moment and he never gets it back so beckett Beckett just lost val too right yeah yeah Yeah, maybe uh if i don't get the love of my life nobody does maybe excuse me payback yeah yeah Yeah, so that that's mine it is very petty my mm-hmm. pick is the moment that every time it happens that I watch it, I just go, oh, it's so <laughs> terrible. And if anybody ever did this to me, I would lose it. Uh, it's Attack of the Clones where Padme corrects Anakin in front of her staff oh. and tells them that he's a Padawan. Moment. He's a Padawan. He, you know, he's not a full Jedi yet. Yeah. Oh, I my love that. God. Cuts that is him so off awkward. That's knees. a good Padme moment, though. It's, it is. It's wonderful. She did a great job. <laughs> and like, you understand where she's coming from. Like, you don't know this planet like I do. But mm-hmm. oh, my God, she puts him on the spot. And it yeah. is so embarrassing and so rude. And he gets put he gets put in that same spot that whole movie is like all right you're in the council but you're not yeah oh, no, that's 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 it. the next one but so. like he gets no it's with um at the beginning where he says they should run after the you know they should put an investigation in and Obi Wan's like no we shouldn't you don't know what yeah. you're talking about yeah. like it's just it was that moment though that's very tense and then like all of a sudden they're in love five minutes later but it was very like if anybody ever did that to me and tried to put me in my place I'd be like nah. This is not happening right now. Yeah, because because yeah, Co Bibble's like, "What do you recommend, Master Jedi?" And she's like, "Um, he's not a Jedi." That yeah, so rude. Not <laughs> even Anakin, needed. It wasn't even Anakin, needed. Anakin goes, "Uh, excuse me," and she goes, "No, you excuse me." Yeah, yeah. It's not. But the thing is, I'm like, a queen her, and a senator. Like, shut up. <laughs> her saying that isn't even needed. Like, she didn't even have to correct him. No, she I know. Going, but the fact that she puts him in his place, I was like. Oh, maybe, maybe that's what triggered his whole his official turn to the dark side that <laughs> it was that yeah. moment uh, but that's it guys again if you want to ask us any questions in future episodes just shoot them to us on twitter at hashtag ask the resistance now we're going to head back to John John All right, back to, so, you, John. Yeah, back to me <laughs> Here I, I always am. say that. Um, he hates it. <laughs> I hate it. I, hate it. <laughs> I like but it. It's newscaster style. It is. Um, or phone bead style I guess. Yes right <laughs> Back to you. Back to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we want we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. Uh, make sure you do subscribe to the show, as we said before, on all your audio podcast pa- platforms, whatever one you prefer. We like Spotify, but Apple Podcasts, Podbean, SoundCloud. There's plenty, and of course, on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/StarWarsNewsNetVideos. Uh, subscribe to the channel. We have a lot of stuff on there as well. Uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, James will be back on Monday. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hovind, writing and editing over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, go back last Friday. Check out my Schmodown match if you haven't yet. And also my movie podcast, just like the movies. Uh, Lacey. Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. And I don't All have right. as many plugs as John. <laughs> Sometimes you do. You're doing the big Hasbro stuff. You always have a lot going on. 
I should have a Hasbro interview coming up. I don't know if this is, it has happened. I haven't seen the future yet. (laughs) Right. The future is is cloud is clouded. Um, Mm -hmm. Adam, where can people find you? They're going to want to hit you up. They're going to want to check out your stuff. What's going They're on, man? Going to want to find me. Uh, I go to the movie guys uh, at the movie guys on uh, Twitter um, and themovieguys.net. Uh, my friend Paul Preston, who is a faction mate of Lacey. I love Paul. He's the best, isn't he? He's the best. He is, he's the he funniest, is. one of the funniest people. Ah, he's the funniest guy I've ever met. I mean, please, you meet he Paul. He's, he's just a genius. Um, and we do, we hatch a lot of fun little schemes. Uh, if you go, <laughs> if you look for the movie guys on Vimeo, you will find a video that has not been taken down yet in which uh, Paul <laughs> Presser and I uh, narrate the entire movie, uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, as baseball announcers. We announced the entire movie as a baseball game. This is one of our pandemic things. There were no sports and no movies. So we decided to combine the two and do a complete baseball play-by-play, a complete baseball play-by-play of Star Wars episode four. Who's the color? Who's the other one? We kind of switched off. We we kind of switched off. Uh, And if you want to sync up your own, you can go to our podcast, uh, the Movie Guys podcast, which is now a podcast network because we've just launched our newest podcast, in which we re- we review and describe every single Harrison Ford movie. I love this in name order. so much. I love this name. So and the podcast much. is called Lacey? The Ford Fiesta. The Ford Fiesta. That's incredible. <laughs> I love it. And we it's should be so getting good. to Star Wars in uh, two or three weeks. Uh, Excellent, we're, man. We're up to uh, this week. We released Journey to Shiloh, second western. <laughs> that, oh my god! I have god. to say, honestly, that is one of my wow. favorite podcast names I've ever heard. Like people get really <laughs> <Thank you>. clever. <laughs> oh my god! I laughed so hard when Paul told me about it. Way to give redemption to a pile of crap car. <laughs> uh, right, I know that's what's so funny. Naming it after the worst car, <laughs> but it's, it sticks, dude. It sticks. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Adam, this was a blast. I hope you had a good time busting yeah, out of your shell oh, and talking. This has Star been more Wars. than a thrill for me. This has been an inconvenience. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Uh, no, I, we had. I knew it instantly. I'm like, if we have a shot to to ask somebody to come on and have a good, uh, fun chat, uh, I want to hit up Adam. So I'm living the dream here. I did. I didn't talk Star Wars for years because nobody had a very good opinion on Star Wars after the Phantom Menace. And now I've met you, fine folks. I'm able to actually discuss Star Wars with some intelligent people. I I, I love talking about it with you guys, and. Somehow, I, I shouldn't have even ever done a Star Wars match in Schmodown, but somehow I've now become a, a, a noted Star Wars expert. I've been on things talking about Star Wars. So thank you. You yeah. rejuvenated my, you know, uh, being social about Star Wars. Yeah, and, and back at you, like, you, you've you made uh, my entry into Schmodown very smooth because just hanging out, you, I'll just say it, just hanging out. We call it training, but hanging out with know, you right? and, and everybody is... It's been such a good time yeah. and and also reigniting my my love for star wars in that way as well so That's we cool. had a blessed have you on here on our turf uh thank you so much you're welcome back you have a key to the resistance base anytime you want to come oh. back and, and nerd out this come on awesome. back i'm so in good company it. you gotta have some some great fans that i've i listened to two of your shows today in preparation and you have a great show it's a great <laughs> thank you man yeah. thanks man that's high praise appreciate that oh thank um, you um, all right, so yeah, we hope everyone enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. We will be back on Monday morning with another episode talking about the latest news and that aspect of things in Star Wars. But until then, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. Bye.